Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? Or in the case of today, we're interviewing who? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and my guest today is John Magaro. He is here to talk about his latest film, Past Lives, and I know I'm going to sound like a broken record on this, but Past Lives is one of my favorite films of the year so far. We do go into a bit of spoilers, so if you have not seen the film yet, please come back to this episode afterwards. It's a story about two childhood friends who reunite later in life. John plays Arthur, the husband of one of these childhood friends, and now without further ado, here's we're interviewing who? I'm just going to dive right in. Cool. What do you admire most about Arthur? I, I admire that he's like a, a three-dimensional, modern, understanding, supportive, caring, compassionate partner, and just not like a rotten, selfish, macho asshole. <laughs> Very admirable traits, not being an asshole in modern times. Yeah. Emotionally, what was the most challenging scene for you? I think the the most challenging scene was this sitting in the bar and not speaking. That was really challenging. And I, you know, Celine's very collaborative and mo most of the time we talk about things. If we want to change little things, we would sort of change it. And she, you know, trusted me and I trusted her. But we got to that bar scene and I was looking for kind of any excuse to, to get away. Like I was like, well, maybe Arthur goes and gets a, uh, another round of drinks maybe goes to the bathroom maybe goes out for a smoke and she insisted that I stay seated there in this uncomfortable situation and and it was like two days so listening to Greta and Teo just play the scene in so many like sometimes like more like forward and a kind of like aggressive or romantic or more sad and more pathetic and like it's just like a, all these and also, meanwhile, Celine is only directing them or only talking to them in Korean. So just reinforcing this outsider status on me. So it was it was a challenging few days. And then get finally getting into the scene with Teo, which I think is a beautiful scene. And I think it's so wonderful that she chose to tell it in the single wide shot, even though we did coverage of it, um, because I think it really allows for the audience's POV of this, you know, weird situation unfolding, you know, it, it, there was all these feelings going into that, but it, it was, it, it, you know, it was just battling a lot of feelings and emotions as, as we were telling it, but uh, I think it worked. <laughs> Hopefully this is not an overly personal question, but just a, a little context. I come from like a mixed family. My dad is white. My mom is Asian. I believe your wife is Korean American. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a little... <laughs> kid over there who's, you know. Hoppa. You know. <laughs> um, so what is one of the most unexpected things you've had to adapt to in terms of having a partner from like a different cultural background? And, and mean, how did that obviously play into this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've said this in press before. And I think that was a big reason I connected with Arthur too when I, on the initial read of the script is that I saw a lot of parallels in my own life with what was going on in his life and in and, and his and Nora's life. When you are married to somebody who has a much closer immigrant experience than I do, I mean, you know, mine is now like 120 years old. So it's like, I'm American, end of the day. There's no, it, it's silly to say like, I'm Italian. I mean, like, I don't speak Italian. I don't, you know, it's no, come on. Or I'm Jewish Russian, like, no, I'm, it's ages ago. So uh, to have it so 
present every day, you know, every day, you know, my, my daughter calls her Oma, she calls me Appa. So there's still a presence of Korean in the household. Something as simple as taking off your shoes when you go in a household, but even deeper, just the, 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 um, the treatment of the elders, the treatment, the, the, how I address my father and mother-in-law, and also just the language. You know, there is a language component that is, when we're in Korea visiting family, they, I've been in that situation where you're the third wheel, we're speaking Korean and you're there and you don't know what's going on. So there's that, but on top of that, just the immigrant experience, which is, and the immigrant female experience on top of that, like there's all these factors that I, as a white guy, white straight guy, will never be able to understand. And like for me to even like some, you guys, I've had been doing this press, right? And you guys asking me these questions, I almost feel like I don't even know what to say because like, how can I speak to that? The female immigrant experience, I don't, I don't know. But in spite of that, it's made, it's part of why I love my wife so much because she has these experiences. It's part of why I want to be an understanding husband. And I think Arthur is very much that same way. So that's why it was such a joy to play. Yeah, no, I bring it up because like, you know, my dad definitely struggled with the language part of it, right? Like oh, no, was, I poo yeah, I don't mean yeah. like to poo-poo you on. No, 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 I get it. I get it, right? It's just, I, it's something I related to having seen like both sides of it from a yeah. weird third perspective. I, I did want to ask, so you mentioned your initial read of a character and obviously once you're cast in a role, like things evolve a little bit. What do you think the biggest change was after, you know, getting into the weeds with Celine on it from the first version of a script to like the version of Arthur we see on screen is? I don't think there was much of a change. Okay. Was this, this script, especially the Nora and Arthur stuff was, you know, the changes that were made were like, I'm going to say, you know, of instead of on, you know, like, uh -huh. like the most minor yeah. thing or like a certain thing, like just like, so it fit in my mouth a little more comfortably, the line there, as far as the storytelling and who Arthur was in that script, I only tried to support and facilitate. And I think uh, Greta was feeling the same way. We all just kind of wanted to support the script and support Celine's vision. And uh, we knew she had a clear vision. So I think we all felt a lot of trust, even though she was a first time director in going along with her on this journey. So yeah, not a, not a lot. It was It was very clear on the page and we just went with it. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. All right, shifting gears a little bit. I'm a former New Yorker as well. Oh, uh, where now? I'm in California. I'm from California, so I can't move oh, a bit. But yeah, um, but I lived in New York around the same time, actually. I think the movie takes place, or yeah. the beginning of it. And through some of it. So my question is, you know, it's an ever-evolving city. We all have a past with it. What is your favorite memory that takes place in New York of somewhere, uh, that takes place somewhere that doesn't exist there anymore, but it's like a, a core formative memory? Oh, Mars Bar, Mars Bar. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> I loved Mars Bar. I loved going down there. It was such a shithole. And I had like the paps on the wall. That's, it was just so, and now what is that? It's like a bank or something now. And like, it's like that LCD sound system song. Like, you know, like, but like, it's just, um, I've been in New York now for like close to 20 years. And I remember like when I first got there, like the older people being like, oh, New York and the, because I was, li I lived in Hell's Kitchen for most, I was in New York on 50th and 9th and like 
They're like, you don't even know what Hell's Kitchen was like. You don't even know what it was like. Uh, but I find myself saying that now to like, oh, you don't know. Like, oh, the Lower East Side, it's not like how it used to be and, you know, all that. So it's just a sign of getting old. But yeah, Mars Bar, we would hang out there quite a bit. And um, yeah, that's gone. That just gave me like a visceral sticky memory. <laughs> like it just oh, yeah. like the, the, the like smells feeling tactileness of that just came back yeah, rushing yeah, back. Yeah, oh totally. I love that, but also I hate it because it was probably <laughs> I mean, it was literally a health hazard. So <laughs> uh what is the longest running connection that you've maintained in your life? Is like a friend from childhood or you know? Oh yeah. My friend, my friend, my oldest friend is my friend George Nicholas. And he is now the head of PR for Magnolia Films. <laughs> he's the guy. He's the guy who, when we were kids, we used to make movies together on the video camera. We both love film. We both love like storytelling. And he lives in New York too. We we stuck stuck it out together. Best friends. We live two houses down from each other. We both moved to New York, and we both are still in this world of film. Well, speaking of philosophy. <laughs> climbing behind and questions. I like your questions. Oh, thank you. Speaking of growing up, and maybe this is a film you saw with said friend, but what is the first film you saw in theaters that you were the impetus to going to? So like not your parents dragged you along, but you're like, I must I'm not I, I'm not gonna remember exactly what it was. Sure. Like I can't God, I can't remember. I, I probably like Jurassic Park, maybe something like that. Was I too young? My wife's saying I was too young. <laughs> I, I, my, my, my memory, we were also talking about how bad my memory is nowadays. I can't remember. I don't remember. All right. What I'll, I'll shift to, uh, okay. We'll go with Jurassic Park. Who was your favorite fictional character growing up? Ooh, favorite fictional character growing up. <laughs> Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I watch that show all the time as as a little kid i mean you know it changes obviously sure sure that's like probably the first one i remember because i remember being a kid and watching that like religiously and like one day i was sitting watching it because it was on on saturday or sunday morning like this and my brother was like let's go play football and i was like no i'm watching my show and then he jumped on my shoulder and dislocated it because he was mad at me but your stories were worth it <laughs> it was <laughs> You got to watch your stories on Saturday mornings. Saved by the bell. Who I would never be. I, you know. So charming and, you know, mischievous. Also Bart Simpson. Bart Simpson. Also a classic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The first two. You know, find a a happy medium between the two. Well, that is my time. Thank you so much. Congrats on the film. I I loved it. It was beautiful. All right. Great talking to you. Thanks. Have a good one. A huge thank you to John. Past Lives is out in theaters now. And that is it for this episode. If you liked it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.